just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with you. We're just pushing through yet another week. We've got a lot of stuff happening around us in the news, in politics, and weather. We had sub-zero temperatures a few days ago here, and uh, then it was up to 23 degrees yesterday, which is actually nice in this part of the country at this time of the year. And now we're hearing about this big potential snowstorm. What, a cyclone bomb or something going off on the East Coast that could drop as much as 20 inches? Well, I've seen that here in Minnesota. It's been a while, but uh, that is a problem. You get 20 inches of snow in your town, it is a problem for a time. It gets cleared out pretty quickly here in Minnesota, but on some of those East Coast towns that aren't quite used to snow... Well, it could be days or maybe even a week before they dig out of that. That's supposed to be happening Saturday, so we'll be watching for that and see how that all plays out. Now, whenever I do the podcast, I always say you can uh, feel free to send me an email. You can do that by going directly to me on rationalboomer at gmail.com. Just send me an email directly. It comes to me. I'll either answer in an email or I'll do it on the podcast and uh, feel free to do that. If you want to leave a voicemail, we've had a few of those recently. All you do is go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer Podcast, and you can leave a voicemail. I'm always anxious to hear from everybody. Um, I spew a lot of comments and opinions here, but uh, I'm always anxious to hear your comments and opinions too, because this is a group of like-minded people coming together. And I'm not necessarily the smartest guy in the room. There are people out there that can offer me some insights or teach me a few things that I don't know. And I'm always open to hearing them. Well, I have a few uh, emails to start things out on this podcast. This one comes from a gentleman by the name of Fred C. He says, welcome back to the cold. Glad to hear you had a great time in Palm Springs. And we did. We had a great time out there, and it was warm and nice. But selfishly, I had a few days without your wisdom and didn't like that part. Well, I'm sorry about that. You know, it's ironic that you're concerned about missing three days of me talking about whatever I talk about. My kids will will, will complain about having to listen to three minutes of my wisdom. They'll look at me sideways and they'll say oh jesus we've heard this all before it's ironic when you're talking to your people i mean people that are of my age group and uh, peer group like you folks are it's much easier to interact and talk and uh, trade ideas you try to tell a millennial something they don't want to fucking hear it you know it's funny about that though i have a brother that's a year younger than me I can tell my kids something, and they'll look at me like I'm an idiot. But if my brother tells them the very same thing, they'll think it's absolutely genius. So it's something about the father-son or father-daughter relationship. You don't have as much credibility as anybody else in the world. (laughs) So I appreciate the fact that there are people in the audience here that listen to the podcast that want to hear what I have to say. And uh, I do appreciate all of you folks that spend the time listening and commenting. 
Further with this uh, email, anyways, I was hoping to get your thoughts on a more local level with more Trumplefucks trying to get elected to the House of Representatives. I live in Illinois' 10th Congressional District, which is represented by Brad Schneider. Brad is a great representative, but is being challenged by Republican Joseph Severino. Severino has been getting out on social media and in person preaching about the tyrannical mask mandates, how poor the economy is, getting back to fiscal responsibility, and the cancel culture. (laughs) I find this stance on fiscal responsibility interesting because I searched public records and was able to determine that he has or has had multiple mechanics liens on various properties, as well as liens for unpaid federal taxes. My favorite part of his fiscal responsibility is his bankruptcy filing from about three days ago. Sounds like he's pulling right from the Trump playbook. However, this isn't where it ends. Severino has attacked Representative Schneider for allowing anti-Semitism to become rampant in our district and country. Now, Representative Schneider is in fact Jewish, but even with this fact, the Trumplefucks in the area are eating it up. I would imagine that this playbook is common throughout the rest of the nation among the Trumplicans trying to unseat Democrats. I would like to think our district is strong Democrat. But after what happened in Virginia, I still have some worry about our district being flipped and helping the Republicans retake the House. I hope I'm wrong. Any thoughts would be welcome. And keep up the excellent work, dude. I like that term, dude. Best, Fred C. Well, this is something we see a lot. It it, it turns out when we're looking at Republicans at any level, whether it be on the state level, the local level, or even on the federal level, some of these Republicans are some of the most reprehensible people you will ever find. They will accuse people of the very things they're guilty of. It's called projection, and they do it all the time. Now, see, I don't get that. If I have something in my background, a skeleton, I just want to keep quiet about that. I'm not going to um, accuse somebody else of doing exactly what I'm doing. Why bring it into the subject? Why even talk about it? It's just a better chance to have somebody find out what you did. But I think that's where the arrogance is, and I think that's where the stupidity is. They're bullies, so they're always on the attack. And they hope against hope that whoever they're attacking will back up, will retreat, will bend over, will cave in, and, uh, and act toward their bullying like they expect. The real thing that screws them up is when somebody pushes back and walks toward them because they're cowards and they really don't know what to do with that. They're not actual fighters. They're not actually courageous. They're just using bullying tactics so they don't have to fight. And that's what this uh, Severino guy, this uh, Joseph Severino, sounds like. He sounds like a typical Republican running for the House of Representatives or the Senate or even the fucking presidency of the United States. It's interesting, the things you bring up. First of all, the tyrannical mask mandates. Here's what I don't understand about Republicans and mask mandates. We're talking about um, a health problem, a public health problem. And you need to protect people. And these mask mandates uh, uh, force companies who wouldn't otherwise do it to use the mask mandate, hopefully to save people's lives and, and, and keep people safe. 
But even if these mask mandates go away, they seem to have a problem understanding that individual companies can have mask mandates, and there's not a fucking thing they can do about it. They'll come into a store, they'll come into their job, and they'll be required to wear a mask, and they'll say, I have my constitutional right. Well, right away, if somebody says that, I know for sure that they've never read the Constitution and have no idea what the Constitution says. Because it has to do with dealing with the government and what the government can and can't do to individuals. Now, Republicans love more than anybody saying companies should be able to do whatever they want up until the time they tell Republicans what to do. If you own a company, you can make any choice you want. You can do whatever you want. It's perfectly legal. It's a private company. If you want people to wear shirts and shoes when you come in, well, you're going to have to do that or get the fuck out. If you want to work at this private industry and they tell you you have to wear a mask, well, you have to wear a mask. But you're not forced to wear a mask. You could quit and take and get another job someplace else. You get really tired of these immature babies not getting their way and crying and whining about it. And people like this guy will be talking about the tyrannical mask mandates, and it's not going to end well for him. Now, the next thing he brings up I find kind of interesting, how poor the economy is. Really, dude? I'm going to talk about this later in the podcast, but it turns out, it was just announced today, that this is probably one of the best economies ever. We had a GDP in the last quarter of 2021 of 6.9%, an overall GDP of uh, 5.7% for 2021. That's pretty fucking good. In fact, that's the best in some 40 years since Ronald Reagan. So to sit and suggest that our economy's bad is just a flat-out lie, and that's what they do. They tell a lie, they repeat the lie, until people start to believe it. Now, most people won't believe it because they can read a fucking paper or listen to a newscast or look on the Internet. But there's a small group of people that just don't get it. They don't listen, they don't care, they don't investigate, and they want to hear the lie because all they care about is what furthers their agenda. But let me tell you this, the economy is not a problem. We'll talk more about that in a moment, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Getting back to physical responsibility. (laughs) I love this one when the Republicans say that. Oh, we're conservative. Fiscal responsibility. Really? Because during the Trump administration... uh, as much as Republicans have always said, we got to get the debt down, we got to get the debt down. Donald Trump added $7 trillion to our debt. That is not fiscal responsibility. That is just spending like a drunken sailor. And they didn't spend it on anything of value like the middle class. They gave a $2 trillion tax break to rich people. We just recently gave uh, the Defense Department like $800 billion. We had a war going on in Afghanistan that was costing us $300 million a day. But you're fiscally responsible. Yeah, I fucking think not. And this is the one I love the most. When he talks about cancel culture. we got to stop cancel culture. How the fuck are you going to do that? Cancel culture is a very simple thing. 
We have the ability to get news and information across the world literally within seconds on the Internet, on TikTok, on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever you're using. But that information goes out quickly. Now, if you're somebody that's did done something terrible or ridiculous or illegal, that information is going to get out, you're going to get exposed, and you're going to be treated like a person who did something very bad. And these Republicans hate that. (laughs) So basically what they're saying is, it's not fair that we do something bad or fucked up and then everybody finds out about it. Well, dude, get used to it. That's the way it is, and it's going to get worse. How about this? How about you just don't do fucked up shit? And if you don't do fucked up shit, you won't get canceled. You can whine and cry all you want about cancel culture, but you're not going to stop it. It's, it's tantamount to gossip, and you can never stop gossip. Somebody hears some juicy information, it's going to spread like wildfire. And uh, you can't stop it. You can cry about it all you want, but it's not going to stop. And he said that uh, he would imagine that this playbook is common throughout the rest of the country. And that's true. That is very true. Everybody's looking at Donald Trump as a role model. And they're trying to replicate what Donald Trump did, and they think that's going to win for them. Unfortunately... Uh, Donald Trump is going out of fashion, and as more and more information comes out about his illegalities, he's going to be less popular. So these people that side with Donald Trump and these people that try to emulate Donald Trump are going to end up failing, and they're going to be on the wrong end of history and the wrong end of an election, and then they're going to be too late to make any changes. It's, 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 It's really upsetting to see people this stupid. They are literally ruining their careers because they have no foresight. They can't see what's coming. They refuse to admit it. That's the funny thing is all these Trump kids, including Donald Trump, they get faced up with something that is so obviously wrong. It's proven. It's on video. And they don't say, oh, yeah, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to get better. They won't do that. They'll just double the fuck down, and uh, (laughs) it never works out well. Now, he says he's worried about what happened in Virginia uh, with uh, the governor's race, and he's worried about that happening in Illinois. Now, what you need to understand about what happened in Virginia, that was a little different situation. Yes, Glenn Youngkin was kind of an acolyte for Donald Trump, but he separated himself because he realized that he's more of a detriment than a, than a plus. So he tried to separate himself, but he still wanted to go in that same racist, bullshit, anti-Semitic realm, which he did. Now, people are all caught up in saying, oh, my God, Youngkin won. That means the Democrats are going to lose in 2022. What you need to understand is the man he was running against, Terry McAuliffe, he was a former governor, and frankly, he's a fuck-up. He got in all kinds of trouble. He did a bad job as governor. So this candidate that ran against Glenn Youngkin was shitty. If they would have had a good candidate, it would have been a better battle and they probably would have beaten Glenn Youngkin. So it's not that these people can pull a rabbit out of their hat and magically win. It really has more to do with who they're battling against. Now, 
if they could have come up with a better candidate, it would have been very different. Now, to suggest that same thing is going to replicate itself throughout the country because it happened in Virginia, that's not true. Don't worry about that. It's about the candidates, and it's not only about the candidates running against the Trumplefucks, but how crazy the Trumplefucks are. See, this is where the Republicans are going to have a problem. They think that these extreme measures are going to work. Well, people are getting tired of it. They're getting scared of it. And uh, the more crazy fuckers that run in 2022 for the Republican Party, the better. I would much rather have those people running than normal Republicans. Mitch McConnell understands that, and so do any of the normal Republicans. They know if these crazy fucks get up and um, challenge the Democrats, that they're going to lose. So don't worry too much about Illinois being like Virginia. It's not. That's a weird situation. Youngkin kind of played it just right. His campaign was good. But what's happened? Now he's gotten into office. He's doing stupid shit. And everybody's going, why do we vote for this fuck? He's going to have trouble in the next term. Uh, And again, McAuliffe, not a good good, uh, candidate to go against him. He had his own issues. Now, I got another email. He says, hey, Mike, love your podcast. I'll try to keep this short. Listen, in my humble opinion, Dems should easily win every presidential election. There are more of us than it is of them, Republicans. We need to get rid of this twist electoral college bullshit. One person, one vote. Hillary should have easily won the 2016 election and would have and should have appointed three Supreme Court justices. The problem is that we have a dumbass Democrats who either are too short-sighted or too apathetic to participate in the electoral process. Remember, Bernie or bust, this two, uh, 2016 short-sightedness will give us a right-wing lunatic court for generations to come. If past is prologue, I don't have much faith that the 2022 midterms will turn any better for the stupid party. Thanks for letting me vent and keep up the good work. One day we may learn. Bruce. I understand your point, Bruce. And yes, apathy is a big problem in this country. It is for both Republicans and Democrats. We always got low percentages of people that would come out to vote, even in presidential elections. There's a lot of people out there that could vote that don't vote, and that is a problem. Apathy is probably why we are where we are today. However, you went from 2016 to 2022. You didn't talk about 2020. It was a different situation in 2020. Donald Trump lost by 7 million votes. Is it because Joe Biden was such a great candidate? No. No, it wasn't that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Joe Biden's a fine guy. I like Joe Biden. I'm glad he's president, and hopefully he will do the things he needs to do while he's in office. But if I was to pick a candidate, Joe Biden wouldn't be my first choice. I don't think he's strong enough. I think he's older than we need. I think we need younger people running for office. But given the circumstances, he seemed to be the right guy at the right time. We needed somebody with experience in the Senate and in and in, in the White House and in uh, government generally. And yes, he's a little old, but uh, he fit the mold for this particular situation. And this is this is why I've often said I don't believe he'll run um, in 2024, he himself has says, 
said he was a transition president, not knowing exactly what that means, but uh, I suspect it meant going to a younger crowd, a younger candidates. He's going to be 82 when 2024 comes along, and uh, that's just going to be too fucking old. Joe's doing fine now. He doesn't have cognitive problems like the Republicans would have you believe. He speaks perfectly clearly. He's much more coherent than Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the one that has some fucking serious problems. But the thing about it is, in 2020, we had an improvement to that apathy problem. Remember, we had 81 million people come out to vote for Joe Biden. The largest number of voters for a president in history. And here's the interesting thing. Donald Trump had 74 million votes. That would have been the biggest vote uh, tally in a presidential election, if not for what Joe Biden did with 81 million. We had record amounts of people coming out to vote. Now, you're probably wondering, why would that be? Why is this apathy thing starting to change? Well, I don't know if the apathy thing has changed and if we'll deal with it again in the future. That's very possible. But here's what happened. Donald Trump can't imagine that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. He didn't think that's possible. That's why the big lie. That's why he must have cheated, even though they've never been able to prove it. The thing about it is, is that the reason that many people came out to vote was because of Donald Trump. Donald Trump scared the fuck of a lot of people. They thought he might be this just crazy, goofy dude in 2016. But when he got in there and they saw how damaging he was to this country, to our government, to the people in this country, people were scared to death about the prospect of him becoming president for four more years. So they came out in droves and they voted in mass. Largest number of votes of any presidential election. So here's here's what I'm saying. I understand your point about apathy. And I understand your complaint about Democrats because Democrats do have some problems. They're a little weak. They're more likely to turn the other cheek as opposed to be a little vicious like the Republicans are. And oftentimes the Republicans can kind of overwhelm Democrats because they're the tough guys and the Democrats are weak. I'm seeing a little fight in the Democrats. But the apathy thing is starting to change. Again, they had a lot of fear about Donald Trump becoming president. That fear hasn't gone away because now they understand that in 2022, if the Republicans do take over in the uh, House and in the Senate, that we're in some fucking deep shit. And then when 2024 comes along, if by some chance Donald Trump runs, I don't believe that's going to happen. They're going to be scared again. So... The apathy may still be there, but people will be fearful enough Will they, they will get out in mass. I mean, we talk about all these voter suppression laws and all the uh, that are being passed in all these states. Um, and yes, that's a problem, and that could cause problems under normal circumstances when there was more apathy. But the fact of the matter is, is, if people just get out and vote and do whatever they have to do, make a sacrifice for that day, if you have to stand in line for three hours, do it. And do it because you want the best for this country. You want to maintain the democracy. If everybody goes out in mass, those fucking laws and all that shit can't do anything. 
They can't change the numbers. They will try to change the numbers, but they won't be able to. Case in point, 2020. They've gone through fucking audits. They've gone through every possible thing. And guess what? Joe Biden's still president. Donald Trump has absolutely no proof that there was fraud. And uh, Donald Trump shitting his pants down in Mar-a-Lago currently. So apathy is an issue. But you got to have a brighter outlook. I got to tell you this, Bruce. If you go through life thinking the worst is about to come, that's probably what you're going to get. You have to go into everything with a certain amount of positivity. I'm not saying don't be realistic, but you got to have some positivity. It's something that's worked for me all of my life. Anytime I walk into something, I have confidence. I believe I can pull it off. If I don't think I can pull it off, I don't fucking do it because I know I'm going to lose. So what's the point? But I rarely feel that way because I'm attracted to things that I feel confident about and I will do it. It's like doing this podcast. There was no fear for me at all to do the podcast because I had nothing to lose and I'd been on the radio all of my life. So put me down in front of a microphone. It's no big fucking deal. Some people would say, well, are you going to get listeners? You're going to do that. I don't give a fuck. I feel confident in what I'm doing. I'm just going to do it. And when it comes to the 2022 election, if we uh, as Democrats or independents or whoever you are, go into this thinking you're going to lose, covering your head because you're afraid you're going to get knocked out. Well, that's not the way to do it. We got to walk in there in 2022 thinking we're kicking their ass. And we've got every reason to believe we're kicking their ass. The Republican Party is going to be dismantled by all these investigations. People are going to be exposed. Omicron uh uh, the COVID thing is going to tail off here at some point at some point soon, and that is going to give a lot of strength to the Democrats. Once that is gone and off the table, it's going to make the Democrats look good. Then you've got the economy going crazy. You've got the job market in such a great situation. So don't go into this feeling negative. I know a lot of people love to do this. Oh. We're going to be in trouble in 2022. Let me tell you something. Everybody who told me is telling me that 2022, the Republicans are going to win. They are the very same fucking people that told me that Donald Trump was going to win in 2020. And they were doing that out of fear. They were being fatalistic. They said, oh, Donald Trump is going to win. I kept saying, no, he's not. You want to hear the other side of the coin? <laughs> In 2016, watching what was going on, I was talking to somebody who would become a Trumplican. He wasn't quite there yet because Donald Trump wasn't president yet. And he was going into this thinking, I want Donald Trump to win, but I don't think he'll ever win. He'll never win. He'll never win. And I looked at him. I said, you know, dude, I think he might win. No, no way. And I said, no, really, I'm looking at the way things are going and how much coverage he's getting. I think he might win. He goes, I'll bet you $100 he won't win. Now, this is a guy who likes Donald Trump. I said, I'll take that $100 bet. 2016, Donald Trump wins. I wasn't happy about that prediction, but it was fucking true. It's about what was going on in the world and in the media and all that stuff. So now I'm going to tell you, in 2022, the Democrats are going to win. Everything is on their side. It's just a matter of the Democrats use it to their advantage and don't walk into this like whip puppies. And if the Politicians don't walk, walk into this like whip puppies. Don't you either. 
Don't come to me with this attitude. Oh, I'm going to lose. Poor me. Fuck that. We're going to be strong and we're going to kick some ass. And we got to expect to kick some ass. And that's what's going to happen. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back. All right, I have one last quick email. This comes from a gentleman by the name of Randy. And he says, he sent me a picture of Dr. Oz at a campaign event in Pennsylvania. And he's taking selfies. And there are no masks on anybody. Here's a medical doctor in a campaign event in Pennsylvania, taking selfies, hugging people, kissing people, no fucking mask. And he writes, you'd think that a real doctor and his followers would be smart enough to wear a face mask during the pandemic. Not that dumb fuck you wouldn't. Dr. Oz, I don't get. He is just... (laughs) What Dr. Oz is doing, he knows what's true and what's right. He is so desperate to be famous on TV and to work on TV and get all this ego-building stuff for him that he'll say and do fucking anything. He'll go contrary to what medical uh, science actually says, and that's exactly what he's doing. I remember one time... I was on, this was years and years ago. I was on vacation with my wife and my two sons. We were either in Boston or New York. I'm, I don't remember, but we'd go on trips every year so my kids can experience different areas. And we're standing there in, in, in some touristy area. And this young woman walks up and she says, do you guys want to go see the Dr. Oz show for free? I said, I never even fucking heard of Dr. Oz. I don't think his show was even on yet. They were just taping for shows that were coming up in this big, big uh, exposure of Dr. Oz on TV. I know he was Oprah's buddy. I bet he's not Oprah's buddy anymore, the way he talks and who he's connected to with uh, Donald Trump and shit. That'd be interesting to find out if Oprah still likes this fucking clown. So we didn't go to the show. We thought there were better things to see while we were sightseeing. And Dr. Oz, we never fucking heard of. After that, of course, he became kind of popular on TV. And uh, he's still a fucking freak show. I, I don't get Dr. Oz. I don't watch Dr. Oz. I don't watch Dr. Phil. I don't watch any of that shit. It's just fucking annoying. These people feeding their egos, trying to talk like they're better and smarter than everybody else when the exact opposite is true. All right. Now, the first half, we talked about the economy. And something came out about the economy that I found very interesting. We keep hearing the Republicans saying, oh, the economy's terrible. Joe Biden's wrecking the economy. Well, that can be the furthest thing from the truth. The fact is that the U.S. economy grew last year at the fastest pace since 1984, almost 40 years ago. And that was when Ronald Reagan was president. The economy was moving pretty fast then, but it's just as fast, if not faster, now. Here's what you need to understand. In the last quarter of 2021, the GDP for this country was 6.9%. Now, if you took the whole year from 2021 when Joe Biden was president, you averaged out each month, the GDP was 57 Now, you're probably saying to yourself, if you don't know, and I didn't know at first, is that a big deal? Is that a large number? Is that good? Well, let's make a comparison. Let's make a comparison to, say, another president. Now, Donald Trump, in his four years in office, he kept saying, this is the greatest economy ever. I'm such a genius. Never in 
American history has the economy been this good? Okay, Don, how was the GDP when you were president? Now remember, for the whole year of 2021, when Joe Biden is in office, the GDP is at 5.7%. And to be perfectly honest with you, that is fucking incredible, to be perfectly honest. That's incredible. I didn't know that at first because I didn't understand what GDP was, but that kind of growth every year is pretty amazing. Okay, so in 2017, Donald Trump had a GDP of 2.3%, and he was bragging about it. Oh, it's going to be 3%. Nobody's ever seen anything like that in fucking history. Well, 2.3% is decidedly smaller than 57 Wouldn't you agree? Then in 2018, it was 3%. He kicked it up a notch. It's getting to 3%. And oh boy, he's shitting his pants. He is so proud of that 3%. But in 2019, it drops off a bit. Now it's back down to 2.2%. But here's the real kicker. 2020, it was minus 3.7%. Yeah. This was supposed to be the greatest uh, economy in history. But Joe Biden has more than doubled what Donald Trump did. Joe Biden is kicking seven types of dog shit out of Donald Trump. Kicking his ass every day. And that gentleman in that, in that email who said somebody told him that the economy was bad with Joe Biden. Well, please fucking explain that to me. Because the stock market has broken more records and advanced further in one year with Joe Biden than in four years with Donald Trump. The unemployment is lower now with uh, Joe Biden than it was with Donald Trump. People are getting paid more for working than they did when Donald Trump was in office. So what part of the economy is going badly? Well, there is no part of the economy that's going badly. The only strategy these Republicans can do is keep saying, oh, the economy is bad, the economy is bad. And hopefully by repeating it over and over again, some dumb fucks will believe it. And you know they will. At least 30% of the Trump base will believe it because they are, in fact, stupid. And um, they, 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 they can't comprehend it. I mean, the fact of the matter is, for me, when I hear these people talk about this stuff, I, I can only think these people are either stupid or they're evil. Now, I'm a pretty positive guy, glass half full. I don't want to think they're evil, so clearly they're fucking stupid. And they continue to be stupid, and it, it's tiring listening to this bullshit constantly. The economy is better than it has been in 40 years, back when Ronald Reagan was president, 1984. I was 24 years old. I had no fucking clue what I was doing. I just got married, didn't have any kids. My career plans, I had no fucking clue what I was doing. Economy wasn't so great for me because I was making shit money at a shit job, and I was married, and I didn't know what I was doing. But here we are in 2022. The economy is going great guns. Now, I got a, I, I got a comment on one of my posts when I put this up here, and the gentleman said, well, that's kind of a straw man argument. We're coming out of a pandemic where the economy crashed. So with Joe Biden 
is doing is no big feat. He's coming back from nothing. Any increase would look good. (laughs) And I have to laugh at this fucking idiot because uh, I had to set him straight. Now, tell you what I said. First of all, the economy did kind of crash because of the pandemic. But who's responsible for the pandemic? I mean, Donald Trump told us that COVID was a hoax. He did absolutely nothing about COVID. There was a book of strategies to handle pandemics. He threw that fucking thing out. There was a commission, a panel of doctors that were meant to manage pandemics. Yeah, he fucking fired them all. And then he did absolutely fucking nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. And 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 the reason he did that is because he didn't like the bad news. He figured that bad news that this country has a pandemic, he's going to take the blame for it, and it's going to hurt his election in 2020. So he figured, I'd just ignore it, and uh, maybe it'll go away, or I won't be held responsible for it. But here's, here's quintessential Donald Trump. I've said this before. Give Donald Trump a microphone or an opportunity to do something, he will fuck it up. He will fuck it up every fucking time. Now, the fact of the matter is, the pandemic did affect his election in 2020. He thought he was fixing it by ignoring it and just making it go away. But the problem is, hundreds of thousands of people fucking died because he did nothing. People held him responsible, and that's one of the reasons why he lost the 2020 race. The ironic thing is, had he done something, had he handled it properly, had fewer people died, he may have won in 2020. But again, like I say, leave it to Donald Trump, he'll fuck it up, and that's exactly what he did. He fucked it up. So, Joe Biden comes in, the economy is shit. And my premise here is, if the pandemic caused the economic crash, and Donald Trump caused the pandemic, well, then both the pandemic and the crash are solidly on Donald Trump's shoulders. Don't tell me you get a free pass because the pandemic caused the economy to crash. Because you're responsible for the fucking pandemic. Had you done one thing right in the beginning, things could have been dramatically different. Because you chose to do nothing, that caused the crash. That expanded the pandemic. And the reason we're still fighting the pandemic today is because you did nothing. It's funny, I will hear um, Trumplicans say, Oh, look, more and more people are dying from the pandemic under Joe Biden. It's getting worse. (laughs) It's all Joe Biden's fault. And again, I look at these people and I think, God damn it, they're stupid. They're just fucking stupid. So I I, I try to figure out some kind of analogy so I can explain it simply to Trumplifucks so they might possibly comprehend why Donald Trump is at fault. I have to do it slowly because, well, they have trouble keeping up. So I came up with this analogy. Imagine a big field, and in this big field is a beautiful house, a gorgeous house, and it's just sitting there pristinely and very nice. But here comes some dumb fucking Trumplifucks, some redneck, backwoods, stupid motherfuckers. They come up to the house, they light a match, and they start that house on fire. 
Then they step back, look stupidly, and do nothing. This house catches fire and it gets worse and worse, and they still just step back and do fucking nothing. Ultimately, this house is now burning. Probably 40% of the house is on fire right now, and it's getting out of control. And what do the trump fucks do? They step back, look stupidly, and do nothing. But then the Democrats come along, and they say, Whoa, that fucking house is burning. We better do something. So they bring in fire hoses, fire extinguishers, buckets, water, people, and they're fighting like hell to get this house under control and the fire put out but this thing's out of control so it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of time it's hard to get this done and then what do the trump fucks do they stand back and they go well those damn democrats they don't know how to fight this fire this fire is their fault (laughs) but you see trumplicans there's a simple simple answer to all of this Now, the Democrats are fighting like hell, and sometimes it's going well, and sometimes it's not going well. But had the trump not started the fire, and had done anything between the time it started and the time when 40% of the House was on fire, well, the Democrats wouldn't have had to step in at all. Because you would have done your job and taken care of the duties um, at that House. Same thing with the pandemic. Had Donald Trump and the Republicans done whatever they were supposed to do up front in this pandemic. This would have been long over. We wouldn't have had the shutdowns. We wouldn't have close to 900,000 people dead. We wouldn't have this whole fucking thing still going. So you can try to blame Joe Biden for the pandemic, but it was started on your watch. You did nothing while it was on your watch, and you let it get out of control. You let a fire get out of control, and that's what's happening in this country. It's tiresome listening to these fucking people talk like this. And whenever I get a chance to straighten their shit out, I try to. I try to be respectful so it doesn't turn into an argument. Well, we're talking about the pandemic, and here's something interesting about it. Omicron, the variant, now makes up 99% of all COVID cases in the United States. Now, they found that uh, the monoclonal antibodies, you know, the ones that that, uh, Donald Trump and a lot of people were taking once they got COVID, these monoclonal antibodies, well, apparently... These antibodies don't work on Omicron any more than ivermectin or any of this other bullshit. But for whatever reason, these antibodies do not work. Now, they were affected with, effective with COVID-19 and Delta, but not Omicron. Now, here's the crazy shit. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, that dipshit, the man said... Um, This is the man that said COVID was a hoax, that masks don't work. He's an anti-vaxxer. And now he's angry because the federal government is no longer sending them monoclonal antibodies. He's against vaccines that we prove to work. But he's dying to get monoclonal antibodies that now we've proven don't work. And he's screaming and yelling and crying about the federal government, how they're not doing their job. They're not going to send out the monoclonal antibodies if they don't work on Omicron, especially since Omicron makes up 99 fucking percent of all cases today. 
This is the ignorance of the Republican Party. This is the stupidity of Ron DeSantis. And it's sad. What's really sad about this is that people are dying because he's a dumb fuck, because he wants to feed his ego, because he wants to appear to side with Donald Trump. Well, now those two fucking clowns are fighting because Ron DeSantis wants to run for president. Donald Trump doesn't want him to because he wants to run for president. Neither one of these motherfuckers are going to run for president because they're going to be tied up in other shit. Donald Trump in legal problems, or he just isn't going to be healthy enough. And Ron DeSantis may have some legal problems too. You know, all that stuff going on with Matt Gates and the sex trafficking thing. He's getting cornered right now and he's in trouble. And um, what's kind of interesting about it is that Matt Gates. Everybody cries about, well, nothing's been done to him yet, and it's taken too long. Well, let's look at the facts. There is plenty going on, plenty happening to Matt Gates. We know Joe Greenberg, his best buddy who's been convicted, who's going to jail forever, has been pushing off the sentencing because he's apparently giving out information about Matt Gates. And here's where Ron DeSantis may come in and other political people in the state of Florida that are tied to this tra- uh, sex trafficking. Well, Joel Greenberg has delayed this and delayed this, but now it stops in March. He's going to be sentenced. So they have all the information that Joel Greenberg could provide. But then on top of that, uh, we've got Matt Gates's ex-girlfriend testifying against Matt Gates. What's funny about that is she's asked for immunity. What she need immunity from? And if she needs immunity, that would suggest that Matt Gates did some fucking illegal shit. She got immunity, which means she gave up a lot of shit. They don't just give immunity for nothing or being nice people. She gave up some shit on Matt Gates, but it doesn't stop there. There's another guy named Joseph Ellicott. Now, Joseph Ellicott is one of the bros with Joel Greenberg and Matt Gates and whoever the hell else they fucking hang around with. Now, he's been charged with two crimes uh, that involve bank fraud and money laundering and somehow tied to this whole sex trafficking thing. Well, interesting thing about Joseph Ellicott, he has said that he has witnessed Matt Gates having sex with underage girls. Well, that's problematic. And he also said he'd be happy to testify against any and everybody. Now, the reason I brought up Ron DeSantis in this and now Matt Gates is because every time they're talking, it's always focused on Matt Gates. We all hope Matt Gates is going to get nailed. And we can see right now they're pushing him in a corner. He's got money. He's got influence. He's got some power. What they're doing is trying to corner him so they have a slam dunk and he can't weasel his way out. They're being very cautious about that. And it looks like they're just about at that point where he won't be able to get free. But every time I've heard them talk about this, they've said Matt Gates and other political people in Florida. Now, let's be honest. Government in Florida is a little fucking iffy, is a little shady. And we've got Ron DeSantis, who we know has all kinds of problems. Maybe Marco Rubio, maybe some state-level people, maybe um, other senators or whatever. We don't know who it all includes, but... 
it does sound like there are other people other than Matt Gates involved in this sex trafficking. So expect some of that to come to light, and that's going to be very interesting. I wanted to mention one thing, too. This is just kind of a bullshit thing that nobody really fucking cares. Uh, I've been seeing some things about Kid Rock. Never liked Kid Rock. Kid Rock released an anti-Biden and anti-Fauci single with the chorus that says, Let's go, Brandon. Oh, that's brilliant, Kid Rock. First of all, Kid Rock is a fraud. He played the role of the good old boy, trailer park, southern man. Yeah, first of all, he was born in Michigan. He was raised in an affluent suburb of Detroit. His dad was very wealthy in the car business. Kid Rock was nothing more than a silver spoon, rich kid douchebag who decided to take on another persona so he can make some money. Secondly, musically speaking, Kid Rock is irrelevant. Nobody in this world today, none of the young people in this country, give a fuck about Kid Rock. He can't make any money selling uh, music or selling tickets anymore because nobody gives a fuck. So what's he do? He plays off his old Southern boy fake persona, and he aligns himself with something that's popular, at least with a small group of people, and that's the whole trump fuck thing and Let's Go Brandon. He figures he can write this song with Let's Go Brandon in it, and it'll create an anthem for these dumb trump fucks Well, maybe it will, but there isn't enough of those people to actually make him successful. He's outlived his expiration date. Nobody gives a fuck about Kid Rock, and, and I see something like this, and I find it very upsetting. I feel it's um, somebody, just like Donald Trump, trying to grift people. And unfortunately, or fortunately for him and Donald Trump, the people they're grifting are idiots, so they don't even know they're being grifted. But as far as Kid Rock goes, never liked him, don't like him now. He's a phony, and he's just jumping on a bandwagon because he can't make money anymore. I wanted to talk lastly about the Supreme Court. We know that uh, Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer announced that he's retiring at the end of the term. I think that's June. Biden, prior to uh, the election, promised to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. Now, that's fine. I think it's about time. There are a lot of black women judges out there that are certainly qualified and deserving of being on the Supreme Court. Here's where my problem with it is, though. He said that. He made that promise. Okay, just go do it. Let's not talk about it for the next six months before you do it because I'm afraid it diminishes the candidates. You've got these black women that are now candidates for the Supreme Court, and you keep talking, I'm going to I'm going to nominate a black woman. The fact that she's black really doesn't make a difference. I mean, it's historical in the sense there has never been a black woman on the Supreme Court. But that shouldn't be the main reason why she's elected. And I'm thinking that by continuing to talk about it, and saying, yep, we're going to find a black woman, where are the good black women? That really diminishes black women and these candidates. I've read up on some of these candidates, and they're brilliant women. The fact that they're black doesn't really matter. The fact that it's historical, okay, I get that. 
You said you were going to nominate a black woman for the Supreme Court. Just fucking do it. We don't have to talk about it, how historical it is. Let's focus on the talents and abilities and intelligence of the women that you're going to nominate. The fact that they're women, the fact that they're black, if those are the two things that are most important, that diminishes these candidates. And I think that sucks. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying don't nominate a black woman. I'm saying just don't make it a fucking big deal. Because the fact of the matter is the whole thing about racism, people are trying to separate people because of their color or their religion. The fact of the matter is if we want to get rid of racism, all we need to do is treat everybody equal. Treat everybody the same. Whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, doesn't make a difference. You count. You're important. If you're smart, if you're intelligent, that's all that matters. The quality of your character, as Martin Luther King said, is more important than the color of your skin. Again, at the risk of people confusing what I'm saying, some people might say, oh, he doesn't want black women in the Supreme Court. That's not what I'm saying. It's time we have a black woman on the Supreme Court. It's way past time. And I've looked at these candidates and read about them, and they are brilliant. Any one of them would be a good choice for the Supreme Court position. But let's not keep yakking about it. Let's not make that the major portion of who gets picked by Joe Biden to be the candidate. I mean, the Republicans are always saying, oh, the Democrats are racist. They're, 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 they're talking about putting a black woman in as Supreme Court justice, and they're not even considering white people or good people or men or all this stuff. You see what I mean? It gets all convoluted and it's all bullshit. Let's focus on a good candidate for the Supreme Court and put her the fuck in there. We don't have to talk about all this stuff because it doesn't matter. When she's there, she's going to do the job and she's going to do a good job. And that's all I fucking care about. Let's not keep rattling on about how important this is and how historical. Yes, we know it is. We know what Joe Biden promised and we know he comes through on his promise. Enough said. Let's just fucking do it. All right going to wrap things up for the rational boomer podcast want to thank you for spending time with me and uh i will be back soon tomorrow more than likely almost absolutely tomorrow but i hope you have a great day and uh don't forget if you have questions comments complaints send them to rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm find rational boomer and leave me a voicemail message so you have a great day We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.